Anyway, so, yay. I, uh, <clears throat> I was looking for a verse, and I'm tempted. Yeah, let me say this. So there's this verse in Hebrews. It's quoting Psalms 95. It says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in Meribah and Manasseh, or, or Massa, I'm sorry, not Manasseh. It's Hebrews 3. This is why the Holy Spirit says, verse 7, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. It says, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. <clears throat> I think in Psalms 95, it's, it also says the same thing. Uh, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And it's pointing back to, and this is what I was looking for and couldn't find it in time. It was either with Mirabah or Massa, uh, or, or uh, I think it's Massa. Now that I'm saying that, now I'm jinxed. I think I'm saying it wrong. But what happened was um, the children of Israel uh, actually hardened their hearts and uh, didn't go in to take uh, th this land, this one, this one not, not the land of, uh, uh, not Canaan, but it's a different land. And then it says that the next morning they repented and they changed their mind and they said, we're gonna go and take this, this land. And, and basically Moses or, jo or, or, or Joshua said, don't do it because the Lord is not with you. And they did it and they were annihilated. So, so say, Jeff, what's, what's your point? The point is, is when you hear the Lord's voice, there's an opening for that. Don't take that for granted like you can do something, you can still move on it tomorrow because you might not be able to. Does that make any sense? So a lot of people think that they can get saved. I used to think when I was, when I was in that stage, that phase of life when I was rebelling against the Lord, I knew, you know, I grew up in the church, knew stuff was gonna happen, had the sinner's prayer down to, I think it was an acronym. <laughs> so I could say it just in case I was gonna get hit by, you know, in a car wreck or something. I had this, you know, oh yeah, I was, lived in total fear. The thing that I, I didn't realize was, was I couldn't cause my heart to repent. I couldn't, and, that, and the repentance happened uh, one night when the Lord uh, uh, kind of, well, he challenged me and said, hey, you know, go to church. And um, anyway, the, have I told this story before? I think I've told this. I'm trying not to tell the story if you've already heard it, but if you haven't already heard it, how many people don't even know what I'm talking about? Awesome, that's who I'm talking to right now. So I was born and raised in the church, left the church. That's a whole other story. In my demented state of mind, because I was mainly high and drunk, and if there's children here, uh, that's, I'm not now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I looked up and saw this row of children. I'm like, oh. <laughs> this is, welcome to Grace Chapel. So, uh, it, sorry, no, no. I'm sorry. I know that we do this all the time. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 it's me. It's Grace Center. Look, there it is right there. It's plain as day on the wall. I, 
was one night was, was sitting and the Lord spoke to me. Was it an audible voice? It's the loudest internal audible voice I've ever heard. It's like, it's Jeff. It's like, yes. He said, uh, I need some help. And I knew what he meant. And I said, well, the only day I can go to church is this Sunday because I was working uh, in, a, in a warehouse and we worked every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then the, then the, <clears throat> the hours staggered from there. So by Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, you, you maybe work two or three hours a day. But for that Sunday, so Sundays I was locked in. I could not go to church and I felt trapped. And I told the Lord, I was really mad at him because I was working at this job and I hated this job. I said, well, the only day I can go to church is Sunday. He said, just show up. And he's gone. Didn't even think about it. I went back to what I was doing. And uh, Saturday rolls along, and I'd completely forgot about what he said. And so Saturday, I get home uh, about 5 a.m. I pass out on my bed, wake up at 5 p.m., and I called my friends to see if they wanted to pick up from where we left off over the weekend, and nobody wanted to come. And I thought, this is weird. And as I'm thinking that, the Lord comes back with that same internal audible voice. Jeff, yeah? I thought you said you were going to church. I was like, you know what? I did. So I went and got ready, went to church, and um, it, was a, it was a horrible service. Um, well, it, it was a great service because I came back to the Lord, but not at the church service. I, I, it was a horrible, anyway. I, 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 whoo, I'm getting deeper and deeper in all this. So, but I came back to the Lord. So it wasn't a good service. Becky's up here going, tell them why it wasn't a good service. It was a great service, kind of. But so it was the night that they, that they showed the, 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 the slides, and we were talking about missionaries, talking about the, uh, the mission trips where they went and, you know, painted, you know, a building or whatever. And so I'm going, oh, no, because they're not going to have, a, there's not going to be an altar call. There's not going to be any sort of, a, uh, of an invitation because I know if, this, if you went to the church on this night, if you're going to skip church, this is the one night that you skip. It's kind of like you had a, you know what, it's understood. They just kind of waved you off. And so I went thinking that the church service is gonna look a certain way. They're gonna extend an, uh, an invitation. I'm gonna come down, give my life back to the Lord. And no, not at all. It was like, this is Alvin. This is Alvin with our translator. This is Alvin sitting on top of the hut that we just painted. This is Alvin holding a palm leaf. And I'm just going, oh man, I have totally missed it. Totally missed it. And so the Lord, being the kind person that he is, pursued me. Uh, and uh, later, uh, I was talking to some friends of mine, anyway, and uh, just, anyway, came back to the Lord. Walked back in, quit my job the next day and all that. And the rest, they say, is history, so to speak. <laughs> my point in all of that is, <clears throat> is that I thought that I could come back to the Lord whenever I wanted to. And there's truth in that. But let me just tell you, on the other side, in the, in the invisible realm, there has to be an opening. And so I, I, the, that was my time that the Lord, I believe, clearly believe that the Lord had opened up that time and said, I, told, I thought you were going back to church. There was an opening right there during that time for me to hear the, his voice and to respond the other times that I tried to do that, I couldn't, I couldn't respond. Let me tell you another story. I'll tell you a quick story. You're going to have to work with me here because I get paid by the hour. So I don't know what, what time you need to be out of here. But for me, I'm about to hit overtime here in just a minute. So 
so <clears throat> during this time, right, I was working midnights. I get off at midnight, and this was the time where, I don't know if you're not going to remember this, probably some of you, but there was, uh, there, there was a weird thing that happened in a McDonald's out on the West Coast where someone walked in and just kind of, you know, tore up the place with a, with a gun and, and really hurt some people. And listening to that, and, and there's some other things that were happening in the world, I thought <clears throat> that the Lord was coming back that night. I thought, is this the rapture? Because like this, th- this was one of the things that we were, we were taught, just put the fear of God in us. And <clears throat> since I was about this, this high, about the rapture. And so I remember asking the Lord, Lord, I was like, hey, if you're coming back, uh, would you take me? And he said, if I'm not, would you live for me tomorrow? Wow. And I was like, oh, no. And he was like, no. Yeah. I was like, wow, wow. So, but, but I was truthful. I was like, I, I didn't want to tell him yes, knowing that my heart wasn't in it. And yet I couldn't figure out why I couldn't make my heart get in it. And I realized now, having come back to the Lord, there was a divine opening. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, thinking that you can get, get back on board tomorrow. It didn't work for the children of Israel. They thought they could, go, could repent the next day. No, it was just an opening for that day. So, all right. Well, we can go ahead and stand now. I'm just kidding. So, today, you may not know what today is? Side Sunday, Yom Kippur. So we've been talking about uh, in the in the Hebrew festivals. This today is the Day of Atonement. Actually, it starts at sundown tonight. And I was talking to first. I was saying this at first service. Actually, he's telling somebody else this for whatever reason. I've been familiar with these feasts, but I haven't really followed them, you know, so to speak. And that's not a that's not a statement. Uh, it's just, I haven't been, um, I just haven't been involved. And for whatever reason, this year, I'm, I'm really involved. And, uh, and so we as a church, we uh, talked about last week, we were at, uh, in the middle of uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the new year. And it's a positioning. <clears throat> it was a day of positioning where, where it was, uh, according to Hebrew culture, uh, th- it was a time, it's a time to remember, to reflect uh, and to repent. And so even though, and you say, well, what's, what's the deal with repentance? Repentance is a, actually, it's a big deal to God. Um, and so we repent, basically um, look at, I know I'm saying, you look at the past and say, wow, during this, during this past year, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. And you bring it before God and go, hey, you know what? None of, this didn't work. I want to own my stuff. And before you, I want to repent and ask for forgiveness. And the Lord is like, oh, that's awesome. This is great. I was talking about also, I'm trying not to get too much into what we talked about the past two or three weeks, but it's also a time where the Lord comes really close. And so it's during these times, uh, so especially today, Day of Atonement, this is when, uh, you know, when before Jesus came, it was the, uh, they would slaughter the bull. They would, they would have two goats. Uh, one goat would be the sin offering. One goat would be the scapegoat. 
where the, where the priest would lay his hands on that goat and transfer all of the sins for the entire nation onto this goat. And they would take this goat out into the wilderness and release it. And that was significant. That was symbolic of what Jesus did for us. And when John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what I was referring to back there. That was happening on the Day of Atonement. <clears throat> and so during the Day of Atonement, um, it's about repentance. And so there is a place right now. So right now, there are thousands of churches all across the globe, especially, and especially here in America, who are partaking in this kind of national day of repentance. And uh, this past weekend, there was an event uh, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. called The Return. And so part of, the, part of the remembering and part of the repenting is to actually, it, it's also a gesture of returning back to him. So in essence, it's like the Lord is, is, is wiping the slate clean from all the places where we felt like we, you know, we had grieved him. It's not, it's not just about grieving him. So it's about grieving him and it's also about grieving each other. So, so in the Hebrew culture, this is where uh, the, the, the people come together and go, hey, remember when I said this about you and did this about you? Would you please forgive me? And the, the slate is being wiped clean. The other part about the remembering is also, so two, two, there are two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, might, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so some of us, were good with number one and we're good with number two, but we're not good with loving ourselves. So we'll, we'll, we'll extend kindness to others at the drop of a hat, but we'll hold ourselves in derision. We'll hold ourselves in contempt uh, because we, we, we should have this all together. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to extend forgiveness even to yourself. And so that's what this day is about uh, right now. So it's gonna begin tonight at sundown and I think it's over tomorrow night at sundown, I believe it is. And so anyway, so just to catch us up, <clears throat> my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves. So we've done this. We were part of a, we did a seven-day fast. They'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's the repentance. Then I will hear from heaven, all the way from heaven. I will hear all the way from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And so this event that happened this past weekend and, and what is happening now in churches all across America, across the globe, is that we are, the church is taking her place before God to go, hey, we need to repent for some stuff. We need to repent for the way that we have been silent in the places we should have spoken up in. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on um, So Becky and I were talking this morning and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get pulled out. But one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, where we've been silent and during, you know, bloodshed, during where, where the church has been silent, where the church has not stood up for justice, where this church has not stood up for, to be the standard bearer, uh, so to speak, uh, in, in, in count, you know, 
all across you know, our government, across all sorts of stuff. And so, so, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, it's, it's the repenting and the returning is what's happening today. So even today, once we, once we dismiss here, uh, when you get home tonight, just ask the Lord, is there anything that I need to repent of? The, the, we're in the middle, we're at the end of the, the 10 days of awe. So we're, we're in the middle of the 10 days uh, of awe and it's all about remembering, repenting, and returning. And even though th- there, there is a measure of Jesus' blood that has covered us and has forgiven us of our sins, there's this ongoing relationship that we have with him that we own the stuff, we need to own our own stuff. And uh, the, the places where I've fallen short, I've been asking the Lord all week. Not, it's not a condemnation. It's not, it's, not, it's not anything about condemnation. This is about having, this is about refreshing because the Lord is wanting to refresh. He's wanting to renew. He's wanting to rebuild. He's wanting to restore. He's wanting to restart. Don't ask me to say those five again. But this is what it's about. So this is what the, re- the remembering, the repenting, and the returning is unto. Okay? So we're in, the middle of a, we're in the middle of the start of a new year in the Hebrew calendar. You're in the middle of, we're on his timetable. So before we've been on our timetable, this is actually his timetable. And the way that he sees things, this is a brand new year for you. So there are things, and it's all about, can I just tell you this? This is all about your promotion. I'm not blowing smoke. This is all about a promotion. It's the Lord wanting to promote. He's bringing to you a promotion. And so, um, so that, so this is all good. Okay, this is all good. But there's something he is not going to bring from, the, from last year into this year, the things that he's wanting us to get rid of. So that's where the repentance comes in. That's where the remembering comes in. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Okay? There's an opening. That's what I'm trying to say today. So I, in this whole topic of repenting, one of the things that I, it was last week in this service that this was, that this actually kind of caught my attention. But, um, I was re- found myself repenting uh, about the way that I had uh, uh, not, not mistreated but not taken serious the faithfulness of the Lord. Like I, and so, so this whole week I've been thinking about that and I remember this verse that I want to, uh, to read out to us. It's Psalms 910. If you don't have this one underlined in your Bible, this is, this is a go-to verse. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So this, every promise of God, every, um, yeah, let's start there. Every promise of God is a reflection of who he is. Who he, the reflection of who he is, is one of the facets of who he is, is he is called faithful. So when any time I begin to think of him uh, in, in a way that cast a shadow on his faithfulness, 
And his faithfulness is, is he gonna come through? Is this what he really means? Is this, you know, sometimes we kind of, I found myself reading the scripture, like reading a scripture like this and kind of just blazing right over it, not taking to heart that the one who says he is faithful is speaking from this place in his heart of, I'm really faithful. And as I've been thinking about that, I talked about this a little bit last week. There has been, there has been an attack, a literal attack. There is a, there is a strategy against you and your relationship with God. And the strategy is this, the enemy is out to completely eradicate, destroy, erode your trust in God as it pertains to his faithfulness. He knows that if he can get you to doubt his faithfulness, you won't begin to trust him. And if you don't trust him, you won't put your faith in him. And if you don't put your faith in him, he, he knows that the relationship is, is, is already headed towards um, starvation. Your relationship, it, it, the whole thing works off of faith. It works off of trust. So faith is too big of a word or it's too much of a religious word. It's about trust. So he has a strategy. The enemy has a strategy that every time something good happens to you, he is looking for, it's one step forward, he's already looking for the two-step back process. It's bizarre. And it's not just you, it's every single one of us. But there is an attack, there is a specific, he has drawn a bullseye over you as it pertains to the faithfulness of God in your life. And he knows if he can destroy, if he can, if he can just cause this to weaken, it's gonna affect, it has a chain reaction in your relationship with God. Everything will begin to get weaker. And he's good with that. If he can't wipe you off the, off the face of the earth, at least he can, just, he can make us neutral, you know? Impotent, spiritually impotent, so to speak. Powerless. Oh, there's nothing better than a powerless church. It's not a threat. Nothing's happening. So, the enemy is out to discredit God to you. That's what he's, that's what he's working on, this whole, t everything, everything. Everything's subliminal, everything's literal, everything's subliminal. The way that we hear information, the way that we see him not come through for somebody else, it all adds to this discreditation, that, can I say that word? Discrediting of the enemy of God to you. He's trying to discredit God to you. He just wants you to take a step back. That's all. Take a couple of steps back. Oh, it's awesome. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's for another time. And there's all sorts of stuff. And here's the other thing. In this discrediting, what we don't realize is that he has been tallying up, if you would, records just record places of where God has not come through for you. 
And he's doing this to discredit God's faithfulness to you. And it's like, it's like I said last week in Revelation uh, 3, when, he's talk, when Jesus is talking to the church in Thy, Thy, uh, Laodicea, the amen, the true and faithful witness was like, I can't describe myself any better than that. And it's like, oh, wow, for me not to think that you're faithful is a direct attack on your character. It's a direct attack on who you are. So, so I think I've made my point. And here's, here's something else I'll just threw this one in. This was not even gonna be a part of my message, but Hebrews 6, 12, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It's a faith and patience. And so the other, there's another verse, and I think it's Hebrews 10, 35, where it says, what you need now is endurance. But it's, let, let endurance have its perfect work. Like, the thing about it is, is we have faith, but we don't, sometimes we lack patience and we don't see the fulfillment and we think that he's unfaithful. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, you didn't read the whole verse. And again, again, it's the enemy's ploy to discredit him to you. Because if he can discredit him enough to you, you'll step away. And you're not a threat to anybody. It's not about being a threat. <laughs> Watch out. Okay, let's turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1. I had said last week during this entire pandemic, this is the one passage of Scripture I've referred to over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because... There are specific verses in this passage that highlights exactly where we are, where I am. There's a pestilence out there that's floating around. I'm trying to figure out, well, hey, does the Bible have anything to say about this? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Can I just uh, tell you, man, I've got so many rabbit trails. Dissect this passage of scripture, verse by verse. You, you can meditate on this verse right here and still not have it. it. It would be very helpful if you can look at as many translations as you can, because not one translation really encap, encapsulates this, this verse. So, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. It is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. I'll keep going. He will cover you with his feathers. I just switched translations on you. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I thought that it was me binding and loosing. Pleading the blood of Jesus, well, that's some of it. The other part of it is, is resting in his promises as to what he has said. What has he said? He will, Jeff, I will cover you with my feathers. I will shelter you with my wings. My promises are your armor 
and protection. What? The promises act as a, yeah, as long as we believe it. There's a, um, I was thinking about this. I was like, wow, man, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding. I'm having a hard time resting in the fact that his, prom- his faithful promises, there's that word again. There's a, the, the, in the New American Standard, it says his faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark or, 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 or a, uh, a wall around us. His faithfulness. It's the faithfulness of who he is. Do you see why there's such an attack of the enemy to erode his faithfulness in your eyes? Because if, if, if you don't think he's faithful, then you're a wide open target. His faithful promises. So this is all good. Like I said, I'm, and we take a hard look at our, at our life. It doesn't seem like I'm living like this. Actually, what it seems like I'm living like is like Gideon. Remember who Gideon is? Judges 6. So Gideon. Gideon was... Um, Everyone makes fun of Gideon, you know, because he's in the wrong place at the right time. But, but he was living in Israel at the time, and the Midianites were just coming in, and they were just, just basically ravaging the land. And so Israel could not even plant any, any crops, because as soon as they started to come up, the, 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 the Midianites would come in and, and pluck everything up, take their cattle, take their whatever they had. And so you've got Gideon in a wine press who's hiding because he doesn't want the, the Midianites to see him uh, threshing wheat. And the angel of the Lord shows up and said, the Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. So, okay, just think about that. The Lord is with you, Jeff. The Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. You know, first of all, you go, whoa, how did you get here? And whoa, where'd you get those clothes? And man, you're so bright. You'd think you'd say all of that. No, he doesn't say that at all. He says, if you're with me, then why has all this stuff happened? If you're with us, why has all this stuff happened? Where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And a lot of us are just like that. The Lord is with you. No, he's not. How do you know? Well, look around. Everything's going wrong. The Lord's with me, none of this would be happening. Where does it say that? And you know, and so, you know, the Lord said, if, if you're with us, why is all this stuff happening to us? God in his kindness. He could have said, well, go back to the very beginning of the chapter. Well, remember I told you not to go after other gods? And if you went after other gods, I would desert you? That's exactly what you did. But he didn't say that. He caught Gideon looking in the looking behind to see what was what, what where God had not come through, and he came and he turned his face forward, so to speak, and said, "Go and take this land that I that, that I've given you. Am I not with you?" It's basically what he said. That's my paraphrase, jumbled uh, paraphrase. But anyway, but he had he had he had to adjust Gideon's mindset because Gideon was so stuck in what wasn't working and all the places that God didn't come through. God didn't even address that. He said, "Hey, let's go. Let's go move forward. I am with you. Let's go." And for some of us, we're so busy looking behind to see what God has not done that the whole time he's sitting there going, "Hey, forget about what's the, what's over there. I'm ready to move forward."
That was just a commercial. <laughs> Continuing in Psalms 91. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Remember what we talked about last week? Something that will shake you to the core is when you see a thousand people fall at your side. Shake you to the core. Shake me to the core. And the first thing that would happen when I see, if you saw a thousand people fall, so there's probably a hundred and whatever in here, a thousand, 10 times the amount of people here fall. And he's saying, but none of it's, it's not gonna come near you. First thing is, well, what about them? I'm not talking to them. Yeah, no, but Lord, uh, what have I told you? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, I, I get it. But what about them? What about you? Are you gonna believe what I'm telling you? It's like, well, yeah, but is that gonna happen to me? What's that to you? What have I told you? Just gotta remember when uh, uh, in John 21 where Jesus goes to Peter and uh, says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Kind of just, uh, just to go, go back and repair the, the, uh, the places where that uh, Peter denied him three times. And then he says, uh, Peter, when you're older, men will come and take you to a place that you don't wanna go, signifying the type of death that he was going to have to undergo. And what did Peter do? He looks over at John and he said, what about him? And Jesus says, if I want him to live until I come back, what's that to you? You follow me. What, what am I telling you? And so what I had said last week is, is, I fully believe that when we stand before the Lord, he's gonna say, did you believe what I told you? It's like, yeah, I did, but man, when I saw all this other stuff happen, you know, I'm thinking, hey, this could be happened to me too. Did I, 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 that's not what I said. I said, as, if you believe me, this will not happen to you. There's so many times that we take our cues from bad things that happen to other people. And we base our faith not on what he has said, but what we see has happened to, to somebody else. So that's not what I said. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. So for some of us, we need to stop right there. This is the only thing that you remember tonight. So Jeff, what did Jeff talk about? Well, he talked about, you know, rapture and him being, you know, he got upset and something about drinking. But, but I do remember that, that but, but the good part was, the one thing I do remember is he says, there's this one verse that says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. That's the one thing I remember. I will rescue those who love me. Oh, he's talking to me. I, so if I don't get anything else into the core of my belief system, I get into here 
you will rescue those who love you. And if I say this long enough, if I look at this long enough, my paradigm will begin to shift. I, <clears throat> I, I, was, I left this out this, on purpose. There's a, there's a verse, three verses in Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. 20, 21, 22, yeah, three verses. Where it says, my son, pay attention to what I'm saying. Incline your ear. Don't let, what I'm, don't, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and they are health slash medicine to their body. So there's three things. He said, my son, listen to what I'm saying. Actually lean in, cause my words to be really big in your ears. The other thing is, is keep your eyes focused on what I've said. Don't let them depart from your eyes. If you see a thousand people fall, first thing that's gonna happen is we're gonna take our eyes off of what he's saying and look at what's happening. And we have a tendency to do this and put this behind us and we focus on what we see. No, 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 no. Focus on what I say. Do not let what I say depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. There's an attack coming against the, the midst of your heart. There's an attack. The enemy is out to erode the faithfulness of God in your heart. Keep what I've said in the midst of your heart. It will be life to those who find it and health to all their body. It didn't say it'd be life to everyone. It's life to those who find it and medicine to all their body. Regardless of what you see happening over here, over here, those close to you, this is what he's saying. And the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to, with laser focus to focus in on what he's saying because the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to divide between soul and spirit and joint and marrow. That means it goes into the spiritual side of things. It goes into the physical side of things. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. So let me just say, we have been, Becky and I have been in one of the hardest, most difficult seasons of our life since May. We know, I think it's, it sounds, it sounds morbid to even say this. We know 20 to, I think it's 20 or 21 people who have died since May, ranging from our best friends to family members to family members of, of, of members here. And so it's just like, so, it, it, so if I'm not careful, the stack of where, what I'm looking at, where he has not come through, actually is trying to erode the very thing that he's trying to establish in my life. 
same thing. He will cause you, cause us to look at what, where he's quote unquote not come through. And what happens is we have a tendency to put our faith or expectations in that rather than what he's saying. But the good thing is, is this is a new year. Today is the best day of the rest of your life. Remember that song? Anybody remember that song? I think it was a commercial. No, but, but this is where we come to him and go, hey, ah, of all the doubts and unbelief that I struggle with, I, Lord, I want to repent of that. I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, Lord. I believe. Help my unbelief. Ah, great. And he renews and he causes us to return. And he restores and he rebuilds and he restarts. It's the whole thing. So today, this is a good day. We find ourselves in a good place. You have a great standing before the Lord today. Great standing before the Lord. And the thing about it is, he who began a good work in you will complete it. So he's not gonna leave us where we are. Hallelujah. So, you good? So be encouraged. Shannon.